0: If you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know we just started a new series called Alpha and Omega. Everyone say Alpha and Omega, meaning the beginning and the end. And we've been kind of leaning into the books of Genesis and Revelation, going after this simple question Who does God reveal Himself to be? Or really, even a more simple question is Who is God? Everyone say, Who is God? So, we're looking at Genesis and Revelation, seeing who does God reveal himself to be in the very, very beginning of time, and who do we see him promise to be in the very end in the book of Revelation? Because we know that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, if he was this God in Genesis, if he promises to be the same God in Revelation, we know he continues to be the same God today. I'm gonna say today. Amazing. So, before we jump in real quick, I need to tell you guys something. Are you guys ready? You guys ready? Are you guys ready? I want to I simply tell you guys this, that I'm really, really proud of you guys. Everyone say, "Oh!" Everyone say, "Oh!" Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> sweet. sweet. I'm really, really proud of you guys. Uh, just two weeks ago, I kind of issued a challenge to you guys. Uh, as we're kind of getting going in the fall and talking about uh, kind of engaging with junior high service on Sundays, I gave you guys the challenge to really press in and engage. Everyone say, Engage. So as I gave you this challenge to press in and engage, I I challenge you that, hey, like, like during service from small groups into worship, into the message, I want you leaning in. I want you paying attention. I want you listening. I even gave you the challenge of, hey, once small group starts, like I don't want anyone going to the bathroom I don't want people going to get water because you're distracting yourself and you're missing out. And so I kind of called you and empowered you because you are a young man, a young woman. You're not a little boy, a little girl anymore. That you're able to really engage and and listen for the voice of the Lord and experience his presence. And so I just want to tell you guys, you've done a really great job. Look at your neighbor and say, great job. Yeah. Yeah. Great job, great job. Oh, yeah, you guys did a great job. You guys have been paying attention, leaning in. I want you guys to keep doing it, keep pressing in, because I believe that God wants to speak to you. I believe that God wants you to know who he is more and more. And I also believe that even as you press in during small groups, I want to challenge you even during small groups to really lean in and listen. Everyone say, listen. Lean in and listen, because during small groups, it's really easy to want to be able to kind of share what you want to share, uh, but I want to encourage you guys, take time during small groups to listen to each other, to learn what it looks like to ask each other questions and truly care about each other. Are you with me? Are you with me? So, great job over the last few weeks. Keep it up. Uh, it, it makes this place a beautiful place where all of us are able to encounter Jesus and not be distracted by other people, okay? So, great job. One more time, look at your other neighbor and say, Great job. Great job. Love it, love it. All right, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and flip to the the very end in Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5. I'm talking really loud, so I just need water. All right, here we go. You can go ahead and flip to Revelation 5. Last week we talked about this simple God statement God is good. Everyone say, God is good. Come on, everyone say, God is good. I gotta say, it with some conviction. We talked about this, this reality, this, this very beautiful but simple truth that God is good. And we talked about Genesis 1 and 2 and how, in the very beginning, everything God created was good. And we kind of talked about this idea of like, how do we actually know that God is good? Everyone say, how? How do we actually know that God is good? We can hear about it and we can kind of say that we believe it, but how do we actually know that who God is in His very essence? Is good. And we talked about how God has revealed himself through, through his creation, through beauty and through nature. He's revealed himself in what he has done, mainly the person of Jesus, right? We can know that God is good, that when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ, we have assurance that even in the difficult things we face today, we know that God has given his son for us because he is good. I'm say God is good. Today we're going to be talking about this simple God statement. It is God- redeems. Everyone say, God redeems. God redeems. If you are kind of familiar with the story of this book, you know that it starts off really great and it goes bad really, really fast. Right? In Genesis 1 and 2, we see God create all things. And then just in Genesis 3, we see the shift. Right? We see this shift where, where something really heartbreaking happens where the serpent, who is the enemy, the devil, he comes and he starts to tempt, lie, and deceive Adam and Eve. Right? And we see the enemy and he comes to Adam and Eve and he starts to plant these ideas in their mind that, hey, did God actually say, da, da, da? Hey, does God actually have your best interest in mind? Hey, is God actually good? Does, does God actually have some like ulterior motives and he's actually not really good? Right? The enemy starts asking them these questions. What we see is in Genesis 3, we see this event that we call the fall. Everyone say the fall. Nice, you guys are with me. The fall, not the season. Even though it's starting to feel like fall a little bit, it's getting chillier. I love it. It's amazing. But no, the fall as in the fall of humanity, right? Where sin comes and it starts to corrupt, it starts to destroy. Sin is like a disease that that once we begin to sin, once sin kind of entered the world, it led to more and more brokenness. Are you with me? And what we see in Genesis 3 is at the very beginning, even in the fall, that God has a promise for redemption. Everyone say redemption. Redemption. This is what Genesis three says. Go ahead and look up at the screen with me. Genesis three fifteen says this. After the fall, as God is talking to Adam and Eve and to the serpent, as God is cursing the serpent, He says this. Genesis three fifteen. He says, "I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring." And pay attention here. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To kind of flag that verse in your head. We're going to talk about that more in just a second. And listen to this passage in Revelation 5, starting in verse 9. It's a beautiful scene where the elders and the angels are singing a song about Jesus, and this is what they sing. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, pay attention here, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed. Everyone say ransomed. Everyone say ransomed. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Brothers and sisters, go ahead and bow your head. And let's pray together. God, we need you. We need you every single second of our lives. Lord, every single one of us in this room, every 6th, 7th, 8th grade leader or student, every leader, the oldest to the youngest in this room, we need you. Because Lord, without you, we are nothing. Without you, we are sinners. Who are unable even to have a relationship with you. So God, I even pray over these next 20 minutes that we have together that, that you would grip our hearts and show us the beauty of the fact that you have redeemed us. And that in this beautiful story of redemption that we find ourselves in because of you, Lord, I thank that your desire is to have a relationship with every person in this room. Lord, that your desire is to call them your sons and your daughters. So God, I pray that you would draw us close to you. Help us to see how beautiful you are and how good you are and the fact that you have redeemed us. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said amen amen let me ask you this question how many of you have ever saved your money to buy something really really big yeah 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 some of y'all are like, nah, I'd be spending all that Dutch bros. Don't do that. I think it's a waste of money. But anyways, like, how, like how many of you guys, one more time, raise your hand. If you've ever saved your money for something that was like really, really costly, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of you, right? Like, like maybe like you saved up birthday money or Christmas money or maybe like you work like a little job or like allowance, whatever it is, and you save money for something really, really costly. Right? I remember doing this at a young age. I know what it's like to be in y'all's shoes, like, not really making any money. It's okay. It's okay. But what's amazing is even at, like, like at the age of, like, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you're able to start saving money from, like, anything. Maybe it's, like, you, like, mow some lawns. Anyone mow lawns in here, like, for, like, neighbors or something? That is a good job. Good job. That's a great thing. Oh, hello. Uh, but, like, maybe, like, you're mowing lawns or, like, whatever you do. Like, saving money for something really big. I remember as a kid, I always wanted a pair. Kobe Bryant's basketball shoes anyone here love Kobe Bryant yeah yeah I see you Ian I see you I I heard you I I know you're ashamed of that I don't know what you what you just let out but it's okay okay Kobe Bryant an amazing amazing basketball player right and so I remember growing up I always wanted a pair of his shoes but they were way too expensive anyone ever wanted something that you couldn't afford you're like bro that looks fire but I can't afford that right that's what it's like to go to Dutch Bros. It's like that drink looks great. It's like $18. Anyways, I need to I need let Dutch Bros live. But like, like I, I really want a pair of Kobe shoes. I remember in like seventh grade, I went to Foot Locker at, at the Citadel Mall with my dad. And I like tried on these Kobes. It was the Kobe Eight. It was the Kobe 8s, like the most beautiful basketball shoe ever. And I tried them on and I was like, dad, these feel amazing. And he was like, son, we can't afford those right now. And so I got some like Adidas and I was like really disappointed. No no hate to Adidas. But like I remember being so disappointed because I wanted a pair of Kobe's so bad. And so flash forward like four years later, I was going into a new year of basketball in high school. And I was like, I want a new pair of Kobe's. Who loves shoes in here? Who loves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love me some shoes. I love me some shoes. But like so I remember I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is like for the year leading up to that basketball year, I'm going to save money, right? And so any money that I made from like snow blowing or lawn mowing or like money from Christmas or my birthday, I was like, okay, I'm going to save money so I can get these shoes. And how many of you know, like, it's an amazing feeling when you're able to like save your money and you get what you've been saving up for, right? Like when it's something that's costly. And how many of y'all know it's like once you get that thing, like you take good care of it, right? Like, you don't just be, like, taking it anywhere. You don't just kind of, like, lose it easily. It's, like, that thing is valuable. It is costly to you. Everyone say costly. It is is costly. And one of the pictures that Scripture offers us about what God has done for us, it comes in this word redemption. Everyone say redemption. Redemption. It comes from this word to to redeem. The the Hebrew word for it is ga'al. Everyone say ga'al. I know it sounds kind of weird. It's like you, you stub your toe and you're like ga'al, right? Like that's what it sounds like. Like, but it comes from this word gaal. And what re- what this word means is it means to to redeem or to to purchase, to deliver, or to buy back. Everyone say to buy back. To buy back. Not my back. Someone said my back. To buy back. Okay. To buy back. And what we see in in the great story of scripture is that this book is a story of redemption. Everyone say redemption. The story is a story of redemption where in the very beginning we see this beautiful, beautiful creation that God makes and God, remember what we saw in Genesis 1 is this rhythm of God speaks into existence and the Holy Spirit creates it and God looks and he says it was good and there's evening and there's day and it's like this like solid rhythm of God saying it was good, it was good, it was good. Everyone say good. Yeah, you go. It was, it was good. And so he sees this beautiful creation that he makes perfectly, and there's right relationship between God and man, and there's right relationship between humans. There's not conflict and war and strife, and even in all of creation, animals and creation, there was beauty, it was good. What we see in Genesis 3 is this term, right? called the fall, where, where when Adam and Eve start to doubt God's good intentions, they start to doubt who God is, they fall into sin. Everyone say sin. They fall into sin. This, this disease of sin starts to grow in them, and they start to want to define good and evil for themselves, and they want, they want things for themselves, and selfishness and blame and fear and shame. All of these terrible things that destroy our world come into the world through sin. And what do we see even in Genesis 3, right after the falls, as God is, is speaking to Adam and Eve, he, and he's cursing the enemy, the serpent, the devil. As he's cursing the serpent, he makes this promise. That, that sounds a little bit weird, right? But, but Jackson, go ahead and put Genesis 3.15 back on the screen. Genesis 3.15, it's like this weird, like, what, is it, what does this mean? Let, let's, break this down. Let, let's break this down a little bit, okay? Genesis 3.15, this is, as God is speaking to the serpent, the very end, he says, about the offspring of the woman, that he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Some of you are like, what in the world does that mean? Leave that up, Jackson. Okay, What this means is as God is speaking to the enemy a curse about what he has done, at the very end he's saying that the offspring of the woman, a man that would come later on, would bruise the devil's head, would come and crush the enemy. And, and the cost of this is that, that the enemy would bruise the heel of this offspring. Friends, this little promise right here is about the person Jesus. Jesus who comes as a man and he comes from heaven to earth. And the way that he defeats the enemy is by laying down his own life, right? right? He, he lays down his life on the cross where he is bruised and he, he comes and he takes on physical pain and punishment and death for you. And for me, so that he could win the final victory. And what's beautiful about this is from the very beginning, what we see to be true about God is that it has always been God's will and plan to redeem all things. Everyone say redeem. Everyone say redeem. Meaning this, that God has always wanted to to bring us back into relationship with him. So so what does this mean? I want to suggest two simple points. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one is this is that God redeems us so we can have relationship with him. God redeems us so we can have relationship with him. God buys us back. He delivers us so that we can have a proper relationship with him again. Because remember, as we look at the story of scripture and this grand redemptive narrative, what we see is in the very beginning is that humanity sins and falls short, right? And sin enters the world. And what Romans 6.23 tells us is that all have sinned. Everyone say, all have sinned. Sorry, this is Romans 3.23. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what what it means when it says all? It also means you. Everyone say me. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say you. Look at your other neighbor and say you have sinned. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there we go, there we go. The reality is that all have sinned. Everyone say all. Come on, everyone say All. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What Romans 6.23 tells us is that the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin. Listen, listen, listen. The wages of sin is the penalty, the price that you and I deserve to pay because of our sin is death. Everyone say death. Penalty for our sin is death. And the reality is, is that we are unable to walk in relationship with God by ourselves. Hey, everyone, listen, everyone listen. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You cannot have relationship with God by yourself. Even if you try super, super hard, if you really try to be a good person, a good Christian, if you try to do all the things, you cannot. You are sinful. You have fallen short. I am sinful. I have fallen short. And the good news of scripture is that God wants to redeem us. Why? So he can have relationship with us. And what do we see in the book of Genesis and Revelation to be true about our God? Is that in Genesis 1 and 2, what we see is that God actually walks with his people. Right? He has a relationship with them. He speaks to them. He is with them. We see even in Genesis 3 that right after Adam and Eve sinned, it says that God came in the cool of the day. He with Adam and Eve. He comes to be with them. And in the same way, it has always been God's will to be with you. Everyone say me. Look at this, look at this good news in Revelation 21. At the very end of Scripture, in Revelation 21, this is what God says in verse 3. We read this passage last week. I want to bring it back to mind. Revelation 21, 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with who? Call everyone say, is with? Is with man or, or mankind. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. As their God. Friends, everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. I want you guys to simply know this. That God desires relationship with you. That God desires to be close to you. That when you sin and when you fall short, and even if, you, if you've been following Jesus for a while and like you keep on struggling with sin. like First of all, guess what? You're not alone. Like We, we all do that. Right? That can be really difficult, right? Like, we wanna walk with Jesus and we wanna show him our love and our gratitude for what he has done. And even when we're trying to follow Jesus, we keep on sinning. And sometimes we think that, I, that, I, that God kind of distances himself, right? That, that if you sin, if you keep messing up, that God's kind of stepping back and being like, you deal with your mess first and then you can come to me. But, friends, listen to me. The good news of the gospel is that we have a God who comes after us. Are you with me? Everyone look, everyone look at me. Everyone listen. The good news of the gospel is that you have a God, a father who loves you so much that he sent his son for you so that you could have right relationship with him. Because the reality is, is that the penalty and the price you deserve to pay is death because of your sin. But Jesus takes on death himself so that you could be forgiven and have relationship with Jesus. Everyone say relationship. So number one, God wants to redeem us. So we can have relationship with him. And number two is this. Everyone say number two. Number two, write this down. Is that God redeems us so he can make all things new in our lives. Bella, you can go ahead and and come, come up for keys. God redeems us so he can make all things new in our lives. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. I think sometimes when we read scripture, we think that kind of the main point of being a Christian is just like, you know, we come, to, we come down to the altar and we get on our knees and we pray a prayer and like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, like we got like a nice like get out, get out of hell free card like we're playing Monopoly, you know, like I'm not going to jail, right, like I'm good. And I think sometimes we think that's all there is to it, it's just kind of pray a prayer and then cool, okay, I'm, I'm saved and so I'll just kind of keep living my life however I want to live it. But friends, what I want you to hear this morning is this, that the fact that God is a redeemer means that he actually wants to redeem everything in your life. Everyone say everything. Everyone say everything. God wants to redeem everything in your life. And what we see from the first pages of Scripture to the very end of Scripture is that God doesn't want to just kind of do the bare minimum, just get you saved and make sure you don't go to hell and be okay, cool, and kind of turn the other way and keep doing like his big like cosmic thing of like whatever he's doing, like controlling the weather or whatever. But God cares about you so much that he wants to redeem everything in your life. This is where I find scripture and this is where I find the book of Revelation so beautiful is that in in Revelation 21 we see this beautiful promise from God. It's going to be up on the screen. Revelation 21 4 says this, after God promises that the dwelling place of God will be with man, that he will come to be with us. And the reason why he's coming back to make all things right is so he can have relationship with us face to face. And this is what verse 4 says. He will wipe away every tear From their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And verse five says, And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. Friends, I know that the reality is is that for many of you in your life, there are situations going on where, where there is mourning, where there is pain and there is suffering, where maybe you've seen death in someone around you. Maybe someone close to you has passed away. Maybe for you going back into school, you're reminded of like some of the really difficult things that you that you go through. Maybe you feel really, really alone. Feel really, really anxious and scared when you're going back into school. Maybe, maybe like you feel just so isolated. Maybe you've been you've been bullied or treated really bad. And I think sometimes we think that, that God is so big that He's just kind of focused on the big stuff, and He doesn't actually like really care about any of like the little things in our lives. And friends, I want you to hear, that is a lie from the enemy. Everyone look at me. That's a lie from the enemy. That God is just kind of too preoccupied and too busy to care about the little things in your life. Guess what? He cares so much. He cares so much. He has made it possible, first of all, for His Holy Spirit to be with you. Because of what Jesus has done in his death and his resurrection and his ascension, he has given you the Holy Spirit to be with you everywhere you go. But not just that, but God wants you to know that when he comes back, he's going to deal with death and sin and suffering and pain. Why? Because he cares about redeeming everything in your life. So this is what I want to do. I want all of our leaders just to stand up and to come up front, kind of come to the sides over here. Shh, stay quiet, stay quiet. And this is what I want to do. Everyone look at me, everyone look at me. I know they're super, super cool. You can talk to them in a minute. This is what I want to invite us into. Bella's just going to be playing some, some piano and... I want us to take some time simply to pray. Just to pray. And I think it's really easy for us to, to get caught up in, in things of life or thinking that God is too busy that we forget that he cares so deeply about us. So deeply that God the Father gave his son to die for you. So this is what we're going to do. Because I want you to see even right now, to where you're at. Just close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. As you have your eyes closed, this is what I want you to do. Is I just want you to think about this question. What in my life do I need God to redeem? Where do I need God to redeem me? Maybe a more simple question. Everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about this question. Where am I experiencing brokenness in my life? Where I need God to make me whole. Where am I experiencing pain? Where am I experiencing suffering? Where I feel like I, I am broken and I need God to restore me. Now, as you think about that thing, keep your eyes closed. Keep thinking about that thing. I want to take some time simply to bring that to Jesus. To bring it to Jesus because He cares. Scripture calls us to cast our cares upon him he can handle he wants to hear where are you experiencing anxiety where are you experiencing deep anger and frustration where are you experiencing fear where are you where are you feeling broken in your life it's exactly where he wants to meet you because it's in that very thing that he wants to take what is dead and bring it to life It's in that very thing where he wants to take something that's fractured and broken and make it whole. What I want you to do is, if you have that thing in your mind, I I want you to come up to to one of our leaders just to come and pray. We're going to do over the next three, four minutes. is I either want you to just kind of sit in your chair and continue to pray, bring that thing to Jesus, but I want to encourage you to be bold to come up to to your leaders these are, these are safe people who love you and care about you and want you to know how much Jesus loves and cares about you so if there's something in your life that's like man I, I need prayer in this because I feel this, this is broken I want someone to pray for me I want to encourage you to be bold and come up to one of them if you're not going to come up I want you to stay in your seat I want you to be quiet not be disrespectful to other people who are praying and paying attention alright for the next three or four minutes if you want to come up for prayer come boldly not stay in your seat. Let's take some time to pray, fellas.